I had been doing research online. I was making TikTok videos about it. And I actually had a few people reach out to me telling me about someone in their family that had a miraculous healing with him. And uh, we had a lot of wild synchronicities leading into actually going there. And so I felt pretty confident that this guy had the ability. You know, a 30-year track record. Um, he's only charging, you know, 70 cents per surgery. So these were just some of the indications to me that, okay, I, I think this guy probably is able to do what, what people are saying. Ted Evan Kurtzmile, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Ted Evan, uh, a good chunk of this audience will only be listening to this, so they won't have the privilege of seeing you in, in real life. Would you just describe kind of what you look like and what you're wearing for our audio-only audience? So I have this uh, kind of... if. Uh, Santa Claus became Superman Christmas sweat, uh, sweater that I found in uh, Toronto recently. And when you're extremely tall, like six, seven with long arms, uh, if you find something that fits you, you know, you tend to want to just roll with that. You're like, okay, I guess that's what I'm getting. And I like big colors. Uh, I kind of got wild dreaded hair, but it's all up in a, in a bun and a bit of scruff on my face. And uh, I look like a Western European depiction of Jesus, supposedly, but I don't think he really looked like me. But you know, <laughs> that's that's what everyone says. So that's it in a nutshell. Now, folks, we've got a fascinating conversation for you today. You always know that I love to bring on uh, fascinating people that are great storytellers that have a message that will inspire and empower and motivate people to take action with themselves. And I really want to continue on that vein going into 2024. This is being recorded uh, December 20th, uh, 2023. So the Santa Superman is more pertinent than ever. But Kevin, <laughs> did you think that life had peaked for you when you appeared in a Nickelback music video? <laughs> I, I certainly hope that the, uh, the rock star Nickelback moment wasn't the peak. But I think what was really funny about it was I would run into people here and there. They're like, you were in the Nickelback video, you know? And, and I had other things actually before that. I was on a, an American talk show called Ricky Lake where they let me do comedy. I did this wild performance art comedy. And then I had also been on an American dating show called Blind Date Twice. So it wasn't my first foray. It was certainly my briefest, but it was the one that just kept getting played over and over and over and over again because that song Rockstar was pretty big. To the music video got you know i'm somewhere just a little bit after kid rock i can't remember who i come between but uh objectively speaking i'm not saying this to, to make you feel better about yourself i would say you are one of the more memorable people from the music video <laughs> with the, the enthusiasm around the dancing and and given there was people uh like you mentioned kid rock and there was a bunch of um like when that came out in the early 2000s that that song yeah they were very famous people. I actually have a cool story about it. Years later, I was in Miami and uh, I reconnected with the director, whoever was involved in the project at some point. I think it was in Miami. And he said, initially, the record label only wanted to use famous people. 
and he showed him footage of me and Nickelback's like, Oh, is he like some actor? Like, who's that guy? He's like, no, he's just this random dude I found in the park. And apparently that was the push that they, they said, yeah, use like normal, like regular people. So that was, uh, that's what happened. And I was wearing a shirt that said, see this movie, which I'd gotten for free at Sundance that year. Nothing was planned. I was just chilling in union square park and, uh, yeah, they just they just brought me on and and I got to be in that video and then friends of friends. I think what was interesting is I had friends, certain people who'd never seen me, like their parents, and they like figured out that that must have been me. <laughs> it was, I, I didn't exactly. I I guess because of where it was and kind of what they'd heard about me, they're like, "Oh my god, I think I saw Teddy Von in a Nickelback video." <laughs> Well, I've uh, I've appeared as the lead in a music video with a much, 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 much smaller band called The Weary in, in back in Australia. And they were a great band, but they're very small. And I played the protagonist who was this guy who had a milk fetish. And it's basically four minutes of me pouring milk all over myself and other people. It was, it was a hell of a lot of fun shot in a day. And by the end of it, I smelt like a busted asshole. But um, oh, dude. that's not why we've got you on the show today. Tedavan, if you had to to describe, like, let's pretend we've met at a cocktail party for the first time, and I know nothing about you, and you nothing about me, and I say, Tedavan, nice to meet you. What do you do? How the hell would you describe this? I mean, I would say, you know, in a simple, I'm a wandering nomad, like very, like a modern wandering nomad, and I'm fascinated by extreme metaphysical phenomenon as well as people that have done a lot of extreme spiritual austere practices. Uh, so like tapas yogis, people that just do these really incredible, crazy things. Um, and a tapas yogi is someone that will go years without sleeping, just meditating. And they have this incredible intensity and this incredible peace to them. It's, you know, it's done either for the benefit of the earth or they're still working out some of their own karma in the process. And I've seen, you know, spiritualists, uh, psychic surgeons, Qigong masters that could burn you without touching you, uh, really gifted psychics and mediums. So I've been fascinated by that stuff since I was little, but I didn't actually experience any of it personally until I was about 21. That's when I actually had a real experience where I was like, oh, wow. What? So what happened? What happened when you were 21? So I used to do crew when I was in college and I had a knee injury and I was doing physical therapy. I was really doing everything you're supposed to do. Uh, and I wasn't really getting that much better, uh, probably because I'd re-injured it too many times. And I through my mom's uh, like, you know, she was part of some health center spa place and there was a yoga instructor there. And I mentioned my problem and she said, you know, I know this couple and they do Tai Chi Qigong. I think they can heal you without touching you. They did it for my, I think it was our ankle. Yeah, I was, I was just really desperate. So I said, okay, let me try this. And I went over to their house. They live in the suburbs of New Jersey. It was a old Jewish hippie married couple who was in the advertising business and on the side did Tai Chi Qigong healing. And they physically altered my knee without touching me. I felt heat. I felt tingling. I saw swirling colors. And I was a straight edge guy. I didn't smoke weed. I didn't drink alcohol. So all of that was kind of uh, pretty wild to me. I'd had a little glimpse of that experience a few months before from someone else who had a little bit of a healing gift. But these people definitely had had more and they definitely cultivated more of a practice. Were you were you what you would consider pretty skeptical about the stuff before it happened to you? 
No, I was desperate. And so I really wanted it to work, but in the same way where I wanted my physical therapy to work, but it didn't work. Right. So it was kind of a, I've always been pretty open. You know, I believe that these things existed. I just never had the experience. I know everybody always wants me to be a skeptic. For, like when I was interviewed by humans of New York and I remember he's like, so you were never skeptical. I was like, no, I figured this stuff always kind of existed. I had an innate knowing that these things always existed, even though I hadn't, personally had the experience. The, the reason I wanted to ask that question, Titavan, is that I remember having a very natural skepticism about a bunch of things, which have, have completely evolved over the last, say, 10 years, right? Is there any scientific way of breaking down what's happening with something like Qigong? Have they been able to explain that to people that aren't spiritually minded? Well, I think it depends on the type of gift the Qigong practitioner has. One thing that I can say from my experience, there's a guy I used to see in LA named Master Joe, Z-H-O-U. You can check him out. He passed away recently, but he would literally physically burn me without touching me. Now he would take like um, a wet uh, napkin and on some tinfoil and he'd place it on my body and then he'd hover his hand just a little above me. And when he got to areas where I had problems, it was excruciatingly hot. Like, like he was going to burn me. And when it got to areas where I didn't really have problems, it felt more just like warm, but it wasn't so intense. And so I know like skeptics are like, oh, he's doing some chemical reaction thing. And I was like, how did he make the temperature then fluctuate based on where it was on my body with his hand hover? Didn't make any sense. But I find that people will go to extreme lengths to maintain their reality as they've been conditioned and programmed to, uh, even when it stops making sense. Yeah, oh, damn, I wish I'd written this quote down. It was around um, the ego will seek uh, something rather than the truth um, to maintain its hold. And um, I see that a lot in people, and I used to see it myself a lot as well. Ted Evan, talk to me about the spiritual schmuck. So spiritual schmuck is a series that I've made. It's on YouTube. We've done seven episodes so far. And, and the idea, the premise of it is that I want to go around the world and I want to film people that can do some really impressive phenomena, whether it's lighting things on fire with their hands or, you know, doing what they call psychic surgery, which, you know, is in the Philippines, Brazil, Mexico, Cuba, lots of different places, or it's, you know, levitating hypothetically, or even things that I couldn't even think of. Um, that's what I want to do. But I also want to do it in a way that's humorous. Because I find that I have seen shows about these things. And sometimes I've actually seen the person they're doing it on. And I feel that the way that they do it makes it feel kind of contrived or hokey to me. Mm -hmm. And I know that the person they're showing is legit. So my theory is just because it's miraculous doesn't mean we can't crack some jokes along the way. And so that's basically what Spiritual Schmuck's about. And also, I think a skeptical person or, you know, mainstream world would look at me and they'd be like, this guy's a schmuck. But, but it's like some sort of spiritual stuff. So uh, spiritual schmuck, that's also kind of the, the, the essence of it. What, um, what might be fun, just as a brief interlude, what's the, the Hebrew meaning of the word schmuck? Because people have heard this word thousands of times, but they don't know, I know what it means. <laughs> you tell the audience. Schmuck uh, is a penis. Or, or dick, I guess, for slang. 
And it, it takes on, see, when you say it in English, it has a very different vibe than when you say it in Yiddish. I, I thought it was the, well, I thought I knew that it was the leftover skin from a, a circumcision. You know, I'm not an expert, but if you Google it, I mean, maybe I'm confusing schmuck with putz. I feel like they're in the same ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get asked this question a lot. S-C-H-M-U-C-K. I'm sure, because Labor is a very Jewish name, so I've been forced to do some research. Schmuck or schmuck is a pejorative term meaning one who's stupid or foolish or an obnoxious, contemptible or detestable person. Um, <laughs> they uh, gave the a word, really nasty definition. I've heard it used a little more uh, casually. This, this is from Wikipedia. It's not even from Urban Dictionary. But the second part is the word came into the English language from Yiddish, which has a similar pejorative meanings, but where its literal meaning is a vulgar term for a penis. You're right. You are right. <laughs> Yeah, here I've been thinking for 15 years that schmuck was the, the the leftover skin from a circumcision. I mean, that's that was once part of a penis, so it's not you're not that far off. So you're you're dealing with with the discarded part of the schmuck. Yeah, it's like one of my father's favorite jokes. He said. Um, so it's something about getting a circumcision. He says he knows a guy. He doesn't charge anything, but he works for tips. <laughs> I really like that. So and and like like you could like because I was angry for a long time, Ted Ivan, about being forcibly circumcised as a baby. And my my mother's excuse uh, was that you know your grandfather had it done, and and all of his soldier buddies in World War Two got infected foreskins when they were fighting in in Egypt. And I thought about it as a maybe a 13 or 14 year old. And I said, one, this isn't 1942. Two, I've got access to running water. And three, I'm not sleeping with Egyptian whores the entire time. <laughs> I don't think she really thought it through. But um, anyway, that's just <laughs> something that regurgitated from the past. But so we got sidetracked. So um, spiritual schmuck, very proud Jewish guy. And you're, you're six foot seven inches tall. Yeah. So you, yeah. you're not exactly a wallflower when it comes to this. The, the first seven episodes have been focused around one particular trip to Cuba. Yeah, and there'll be a few more episodes we hope to get to. So we went to Cuba to see Jorge Goliath. He's known as El Machete. Uh, and he I was reading him about him during the pandemic, and he had some alternative treatment to stop people from getting COVID, which involved rum and camphor. That was the part I found least interesting. And then it, it, that was like the head. It was like rum drinking, cigar, uh, cigarette smoking. Uh, Conandero has crazy, you know, unique treatment for it. And I was like, really, that's so bizarre because it mentions that he's cutting people with a machete and a hook. And how is that not the lead of the article? So they, they took the kind of the least interesting aspect of him and, you know, pivoted into something else. It was really strange. And I read that and I was like, whoa, they buried the lead. So uh, I, I found him through a Daily Mail article and I was just super fascinated to, to check him out when I could make it there. And I wanted to film it. And I told a friend of mine and he said, you know, my Spanish is mediocre. And he's like, I'll translate, I'll come. And then I said, well, we still need someone to film us. He's like, I got a guy. And that guy said, yeah, it's always been like my dream to go and film these types of things. I said, that's great. 
And then my buddy's uh, ex-girlfriend, uh, she was a head editor at Tiny House Nation. And she's like, I'll edit. And then, you know, she also helped me develop the story and, and all these other things. That is, uh, that's how it all got rolling. So this is really fascinating, Ted Ivan. I just literally came back from a, uh, a week-long health retreat here in Medellin in Colombia. And you mentioned um, rum and camphor and cigars and cigarettes that this that the, the El Machete was. He didn't recommend he didn't recommend cigarettes for people, but his thing was uh, for to avoid COVID. It had something to do with rum and camphor, though. What what's camphor though? What's camphor? Man, I it has a very particular smell to it. I honestly, I we'd have to Google it. I don't know if off the top of my head, and I didn't read into that part of the thing. Like I said. That to me, out of all the things this guy was doing, was the the least intriguing part. And I thought it was funny that it was the headline. No, no. Well, I think it's more interesting than than probably what you realize now, because, uh, and we'll we'll go into this in a minute. But the cigar, cigars, not cigarette smoking, but cigar smoking. This guy smokes cigars pretty much nonstop, or cigarettes. I can't remember. Cigarettes, but he he also does this crazy thing. I've never seen anybody hang a cigarette perfectly from their lip and walk around for an insane amount of time. It's, it's like, it's as if it's glued there. It, I've never seen anybody do it that well, ever. It's such a bizarre little random ability on top of the other much more bizarre stuff that he does. Well, just, to, just as a side note, and this is something that you could maybe go and do some more research on. It's, it seems like that there is a a legitimate uh, amount of data suggesting that nicotine um, cigarette smokers, when COVID hit, were the least affected, um, the ones that didn't have major comorbidities and stuff, because there's something in the nicotine um, that that blocks one of the receptors and prevents you from getting COVID. And <laughs> there's looking like there's more and more data that the the um, was well they know it was man-made but um that it was made from venom so this is all uh not uh, i don't know how confirmed this is yet but it's just something worth thinking and, and, and the nicotine does something to prevent the the venom affecting the body so it's very interesting just as a side I've heard about with, Nick, yeah i've heard nicotine doing some stuff but but he wasn't recommend um, his thing is more it was more about camphor and rum and like yeah. i said i skimmed over that because i was interested in this guy cutting people with his machete and giving medical diagnoses with candle and wax. Let's that get into was the part Let's... that I was like. Yeah. So, so you didn't just uh, want to go and report on this. You wanted to actually have this done to you. you Absolutely. I... You may not know me, but let me tell you one thing. I don't care what you think. I'm a just do me and I want to hear you sing. I feel that um, I, I'm always game for someone that I trust actually has the gift, especially if they're going to cut me with a real machete. I had been doing research online. I was making TikTok videos about it. And I actually had a few people reach out to me telling me about someone in their family that had a miraculous healing with him. And uh, we had a lot of wild synchronicities leading into actually going there. And so I felt pretty confident that this guy had the ability. You know, a 30-year track record. Um, he's only charging, you know, 70 cents per surgery. So these were just some of the indications to me that, okay, I, I think this guy probably is able to do what, what people are saying. 
And I think the thing is, is when you're doing anything mystical, especially in the realm of healing, nobody, nobody's going to spend the time and money to document you. And then on top of that, there's sort of an unrealistic expectation that you should be a hundred percent successful. And anytime you fail, they'll jump on top of it. And you're like, see, I told you it's a scam. And I, I understand that's the culture we live in. It's, it's a double standard of, you know, there's literally cancer medical treatments with five to 10% mild success with extreme nasty side effects and, you know, tons of money. And they, they salute doctors for using that treatment. This guy's charging 70 cents and, you know, has tapped into something that we don't understand in Western medicine and he's getting results. And that's something that makes people uncomfortable. That's something they don't understand, something that seems either to them a con or literally dangerous is, is effective. I don't pretend to understand how or why it works. Everyone's process is different, but I just at least say we live in a multidimensional universe and the amount of stuff that we don't know is far vaster than what we do know. And I just stay open and I just, I'm all about results. You know, and if people show up and they have serious cancer, then they don't, or they're in a wheelchair and then they're not, you, you figured something out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Folks, this conversation will do what Ted Evans is talking about. Absolutely no justice at all. You have to go and watch the, the series. Uh, don't jump straight to the, the video where all the gory stuff happens. And I don't know how much <laughs> you want to, I, I think we want to give yeah. people enough of it, a peak and interest to go and check this out. So yeah. on YouTube, look under spiritual schmuck and you'll find the channel. Go and subscribe to Ted Evans' channel and, and like and share these videos if you, if you get some value from them. It is so interesting to me. It's been so well put together for what was a fleeting conversation thought that you had in your brain about going and pursuing this. And <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated to know, Ted Evans, what's next? What's the next project that you've got planned or you're in the middle of? Well, I, I'd say right now we're kind of, we still have, a, we had a sit down interview with him, which we didn't know for sure was going to happen, but I did have a clairvoyant that sort of told me that that would happen. And, you know, there's a lot of people that want to, I imagine, interview him and, or at the very least, you know, experience his gifts and he's, he's pretty busy. Um, but he was nice enough to sit down, let us interview him and he invited us over for lunch. Uh, that him and his uh, girlfriend made for us, which was really cool. Um, so I feel really fortunate to have had that experience. We're going to get to that. There's a lot of translating and figuring out how we want to cut that interview. Um, we're not going to put up the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. We just need more people to watch the series and kind of take interest in the project. And if that happens, then we'll see. But regardless of you know, I'm obviously hopeful that the series can continue, but my life has always been about this. So whether or not I have someone filming me and we're editing it and there's voiceover, I'm still going. I'm still doing these things. It doesn't change my life, but it would certainly change other people's life to consider these things and have these experiences. And if it doesn't do either of that, hopefully it just makes them laugh and go, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, folks. Just so you just so you know what you're in for, Tedavan gets his testicles sliced open with a huge machete and a 
a some kind of fibroid cyst removed without any anesthetic. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, no, maybe drank none some... that I saw. I didn't take any pills. I mean, he might have doused the machete with something real quick, you know. But there was nothing that I didn't take a shot or a pill. So, um, he he. So basically, he had diagnosed that I had um, something that would have made it nearly impossible for me to get a woman pregnant, and I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, so that definitely wasn't at the forefront of my mind. The Qigong master had sort of alluded to that I had issues in that area as well. Um, he didn't, he spoke a little English. Usually I think he was speaking Mandarin and his assistant was translating. And so, uh, and I'd seen master Joe and he kind of, so I knew that I kind of had an issue there plus my own intuition. And, uh, he said, you know, if you want to have kids, we have to do this. And my thought wasn't, oh yeah, I definitely need to have kids. Let's do this. My thought more was, I said, you know, it's in the thing. I said, just you decide what's most important. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it was a spiritual reason or because he's a, you know, Cuban Haitian guy and having kids, if you haven't had, it's pretty important culturally. So uh, I, I don't know. I never really got a chance to ask, ask him about that. And that's what he said. And I said, okay, let's, let's do this. But before we went, me and Al, um, who uh, went with me on this adventure, joined me on this journey, uh, I, I had read about someone getting one of these surgeries. I was like, man, as long as that doesn't happen to me, that was sort of like the most absurd worst case scenario that I did not, I, I did not see that coming prior to, to going. Um, but what the, it was Karen's, uh, this clairvoyant, I get readings from sometimes in England. And she just said, you're going to have to take a leap of faith. And uh, I didn't realize how much of a leap of faith it was going to be. <laughs> so, well, you went in there. What did you have any existing health challenges before you went and got diagnosed by? I had some stuff, and and uh, you know, I had a few different things. Nothing like overwhelming. I mean, a lot of these people were in extreme pain or had much more serious things than I did. I was more just wanting to experience his gifts, since the camera was going to be on me, and we're going to be able to follow the whole process. Um, so that, that was what that was about. Um, I'm always happy to see a gifted healer. You know, I think we all have little knickknacks and things. Uh, so that's what that was about. Well, I'm just curious to know how you're feeling since the, cause it's been what, a couple of months since the, the surgery. No, it's been, it's been a solid year. Cause we filmed in 2022 oh, wow. and okay. yeah, it's been a year. Any obvious um, so, improvements in your health since the, since the, the, the surgery and the meeting with El Machete? So what I would say is, um, I, oddly, I went to be able to sleep a little bit better. I was having, I think, uh, like subtle sleep apnea. And he was really big into hibiscus leaves, leaves. Yeah, hibiscus leaves for that. And he didn't do anything for me specifically. I mean, he did give me some herbal concoctions. I've been noticing I have been sleeping a lot better. Um, but that wasn't actually what he worked on. So he worked on a uh, kidney stone that was forming, and I definitely felt a lot more energy afterwards, more energized. And the next day, I felt a lot of sensations going on in my right kidney. So a lot of, I wouldn't say pain, but just sensations, a little discomfort. And then the one where he went into my scrotum with the machete, that I felt the most discomfort in the moment. But as soon as he was done, 
I was good. It was like nothing had happened. It was very bizarre. And my cameraman, Marvin and, and Al, uh, who joined me on this, they were, you know, Al, Al honestly didn't even think it happened. He just sort of was in denial at first. He's like, no, he made it look like he went in there. And I'm like, what, dude? He, no, that's not what happened. You know, you go through something so uh, intense and so uncomfortable and painful. And someone that was right there is trying to tell you that that didn't happen. So I, you know, I had to drop trowel for him to show him that it definitely happened. We didn't do that right there. We went, we went back and we have a funny scene in the, in the series dealing with that moment. Cause one of the things that we spoke about in the lead up to this, the podcast together was um, the uh, Jim Carrey um, man on the moon movie based on mm -hmm. what's the guy's name. Um, thank the, you. A Filipino psychic surgeon. And, and that guy got pretty famous because Shirley MacLaine, I believe had, some type of stomach cancer. She was really sick and she went to him and she got better. And so that kind of put the guy, I'm sure he was already on the map before Shirley MacLaine, but that added a different element of people that, that went. Um, I, I can't, Alex, Alex Orbita, Orbitas or something like that. Um, I, I don't, I think that was his name. I'm not hundred percent sure. You, you could look it up, but long story short, from what I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, he had a gift at one point and then because he was, I guess, very into the money that he was able to get from his gift at a certain point, I heard he lost his gift. Now, if that happened by the time he saw Jim Carrey, if it was, you know, just, it was too late and Jim wasn't going to, I'm not Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, sorry. Uh, Andy Kaufman wasn't going to survive. I, I don't know. I can't really answer those questions. But I have known people that have gone to the Philippines with cancer and other extreme maladies and come back with a clear bill of health. There's just a different standard of when you do Western medicine, what's an acceptable outcome based on extreme expense often. And then when you do anything that's considered alternative or holistic. Now, that being said, there's a lot of people in the alternative holistic space that are just, they don't really have much of a gift. There's a lot of self-deludedness, uh, a bit of a con, you know, things like that. And it's, you, you want to make sure that this person that you're seeing has been vetted by people that you trust and ideally multiple people. Uh, so that's what I look for. And, I, and once again, I look for results. And if I hear from many different types of people from many walks of life, hey, this crazy thing happened, then uh, I, you know, where there's smoke, there might be fire and I want to go check it out. Well, yeah, I think you, one of the other things that we're contending with is, is uh, a deliberate subversion by the media to, to certainly not glorify those kind of modalities. Um, I don't know if you've heard about Project Mockingbird, which the CIA started putting in message, propaganda messages to support the war effort during the World War II. And then um, it was officially started in the, after World War II and they, that it's all this is all public information as well that like the amount of in, information and and um subverting the course of the truth they put in movies and tv is mind-blowing and it if that is a very effective way of healing cancers or major chronic health conditions the big 
pharmaceuticals, dare I say, that the name again are not going to want that to come out. So who would know you, but your best bet is to is to watch channels like what Ted Ivan's doing. As far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen much else on the internet that exists in the way that you do it. No, there, there, there are other people out there documenting this. I, you know, I don't think anyone's kind of combined this combination of entertainment and that's what I mean, like the humor, the humor yeah. component. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something I thought was really important because I know that for a lot of people, this is a lot to bear. This is a little stretch of the mind. And though I certainly believe, you know, the pharmaceutical industry would not get any benefit from these types of things existing. I think most people coming from the Western mindset have been conditioned generally to believe that these things don't exist. The modern world is devoid of uh, mysticism and phenomena. And so I think I view it more as that. I'm not saying that these, these other, you know, corporations don't have their own vested interests, but they're just kind of, everyone's just rolling with the status quo, right? Yeah, this is how it's been. This is how it's always been. And yeah, 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 whatever. You know, and anytime there's someone who is a scam, they're going to make a big deal about it. And see, see, you know, we told you they're all this, you know, and we can do that with anything, right? You can find a doctor that when he's not being a doctor, he murders people, right? And we don't go, oh, see, I told you all doctors are murderers on the side, you know? So it's, it's something that people are already incredulous about and already on the fence about, and they're just looking for a reason to, to just say, no, it's all, it's all BS. Yeah. And I will acknowledge there is a lot of BS out there, but there's also people that really do have gifts that people can't explain coming from a Western way of thinking. Well, you, you didn't never answered the question fully. Who's next on who's someone that you're researching at the moment that you that you can share with us? Or maybe you can't, but at least I'm going to try. No, 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 no. I don't, I'm not trying to keep anyone secret. Uh, you know, there are some psychic surgeons in the Philippines that I'm interested in. Uh, there's apparently some woman in Mexico that's made it in my radar recently who also has this gift. There's a, a woman in Brazil known as the Cotton Lady. That's what it translates to. I, I don't know how to say her name uh, correctly. I'm not going to try. But her nickname is the Cotton Lady. And you give her a whole bunch of cotton. And then she pulls off bad energy and different things, either from you or your family lineage. And it will materialize physically sometimes in all sorts of strange objects. And she's been doing it for 30 years. And she's really famous for it uh, in Brazil. So that's someone that I'm interested in as well as I would have filmed Master Zhou, the Qigong master, but he's passed. So, you know, uh, someone that can do that type of stuff, that type of chi where they can boil water with their hands. You know, I'm, I'm, over, I'm open. You know, one of the things interesting on TikTok, one of our videos blew up and it got 2.7 million views. And one of the comments that I kept seeing over and over again is people going, we've got guys like that in Africa. We've got guys like that in Africa which is, which I, I don't doubt for a second, but not one of them said, this is their name. This is where you can find them. Uh, and I said, well, that's all well and good, but you got to give me, give me some hints here. You know, the Africa is a big place. So <laughs> that, that was something I, I saw in the, in the, in the comments. Well, Ted Ivan, how do people get a hold of you? Well, one way, I think good ways, you know, go to my YouTube channel, Spiritual Schmuck. I respond to all the comments. And my email, uh, Kriavon Kurzweil at Gmail. So K 
K-R-I-Y-A-V-A-N-K-U-R-Z-W-E-I-L at gmail.com. That's a great way to reach me or my Instagram, Nomad for Hire, Nomad, N-O-M-A-D-F-O-R-H-I-R-E. Just hit me up there. And uh, yeah, that those are some good ways to find me. Yeah, I think if you if you listen to this and you know someone, you know how to put Ted Ivan in contact with this person that has this particular strange, crazy grift, gift, not grift, gift, send that email <laughs> and let him know, hook him up, because you're going to need some help finding these people, right? Well, yeah, the, we also kind of, uh, our idea is to sort of, as we get more traction, to kind of put it to a vote, like, hey, we got this person or this person. Who do you guys want me to go try to track down and, and, and try to film? And so we'll let decisions be made that way as well. We'll allow input from the audience to kind of impact things. Now, sometimes uh, logistical things, things beyond our control will make it that we won't be able to do their option, but that would be ideally what I would like to do moving forward. Is your TikTok account spiritual schmuck as well? Yes, it is. I, I struggle with TikTok a bit. I got lucky with this one viral video. Um, and I always get shadow banned because everything on TikTok can randomly be construed as dangerous or, or, you know, the, the, the cigarette, the machete, whatever. So, you know, I, we do our best with what we can there, but YouTube is, is really the whole series and we're really trying to bring people to, to watch. That's awesome, dude. Ted Evan, do you have any uh, concluding thoughts for our amazing audience today? I think the biggest thing is when it comes to these things, you, you got to have a healthy balance of just being open if you're not open enough, but also being a little bit skeptical because there's so many people trying to say they can do amazing things and they're just either trying to make money or they're self-deluded. And, and that's a real uh, danger of this stuff. You know, people people can get hurt and can get harmed. And that's that's the reality. Of it. And but that's also the reality of going to a bad doctor or or you know, medical malpractice or you know, a hospital mess up that kills you. You know, there's always things that you just need to check into. Don't just assume that everything's gonna be done right. And don't just assume one person says something's legit that it is. So, you know, dig around, find out for yourself. And I think also one of the other things I want people to realize is that these innate gifts, not always some of the more extreme ones, exist within us. And so that's another thing that I really want people to realize that these miracles have always happened in all places, all cultures, all religions, all times. And that that exists within us. If we dig deep enough within us, we'll find some of that. Ladies and gentlemen, Tedavan Kurtzweil. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>